This is part two of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. So my so my approach would be to go in and pull all of the topsoil off and put it in a stash pile and then pull all of the subsoil out of this hollowed area um, and set that aside and then start building the Hugo cultures one layer at a time of logs and cover them with subsoil initially and then the outer layer would be covered with topsoil that I'd set aside to begin with. Um, and you're saying that you would rather have us not do that. You'd rather have us just sort of like build them in place and see what this level is going to be. You know, try to make it even. Um, try to make it a gentle slope. But this this level, the ground level here, is going to be a result of building the hubel. Okay, I got a lot of things to say. I think if you're going to build a pond then definitely grab the topsoil and set it aside. Mm -hmm. Because if there's topsoil inside of your dam, then um, it improves the odds that your dam is going to fail. Mm -hmm. And so you take all the topsoil and you set it aside, and then and then you do your earthworks and the dam shaping and stuff like that with subsoil. Mm -hmm. And then when you're all done, then you put your topsoil back where you want your growies to be the happiest. Mm -hmm. That is great. In the case of hugel culture, we want diversity on the inside and diversity on the outside. So, like, if we're going to build super-duper zone one hugel culture, <clears throat> then we're going to throw, um, uh, then we're going to, it's like, we want some spots of topsoil to be on the inside, here and there. Not everywhere, but here and there. And then we want subsoil spots. And then on the outside, there's going to be topsoil spots and subsoil spots. Why? Why would you want exposed sub subsoil on your hugel culture? It just seems to me like that's going to slow down the whole timeline for you actually growing plants there. How deep are the roots of your plants? Well, initially, they're very shallow. Right? Yeah. And in fact, when you're planting seeds, they prefer a sterile medium to get to germinate in, and then they want fertilizer. I mean, I think that there's been a lot of research work done with living soil mediums that, that's also good. Sure. Yes. With good soil, yeah. with good soil, you don't need a sterile medium. Well, it's true. Well, this thing where, like, if you have it in a, in a vacuum where there's no microbes coming in and attacking the plant from the, you know, from the exterior of the plant... Then it's great to have a completely sterile medium. But if you if you're living in an environment where there's all kinds of pathogens around, you want there to be a lot of um, you know healthy soil organisms, a diversity of soil organisms everywhere, because that allows you to you know that colonizes the surface of the plant and prevents the pathogens from being successful. Everything you've just said is absolutely true. Now the next thing is is um, do you want diversity on the outside? Of your soil. Now, granted, if you're going to go and plant a whole bunch of stuff, and and there's going to be like, let's say your exterior is now 20% t 
topsoil and 80% subsoil, like subsoil on the surface. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to mulch the fuck out of it, right? Mm -hmm. We're also going to plant it intensively with a lot of nitrogen fixers, Mm -hmm. right? So, and we're going to work to build soil. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to artificially give it a jump start in that respect. And now some places are going to have topsoil, some places are going to have subsoil. And then inside, the thing that we want to have happen is we want to have the wood rot, right? So you need and some biology in there. We need We need a biological bump in there of some sort to help start the rot process. But again, 20% is going to be topsoil in there touching the wood and 80% is going to be subsoil. Now, subsoil with wood is going to kind of act as a preservative. It's going to kind of mummify the wood. So, But hey, you know, give it three to five years and eventually our high quality soil from gardening on the surface will make its way down there mm-hmm. and it'll begin the rotting process with the biology. But wouldn't it be handy, because it's, the other thing is, once it's built, it's really hard to augment your innards. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. how you get, it's difficult to like introduce biology. Like, well, it's not breaking down as fast as we want. So let's drill a big fucking hole <laughs> in the hoog culture and like put some good garden soil down there so the rot can get started. Or just peel on top. Eh, well, and that, the rain helps a bit and there's a lot of different, but, what I'm trying to say is, is like, I like the idea. I, and granted, you're right. I am, the growing surface for this first year would be so much better if it could be pure topsoil. Because mm-hmm. now, here's another challenge too, is as you're building this thing and you're like, I'm going to set the topsoil over there and then I'm going to build all this with subsoil mm-hmm. and then I'll put the topsoil back. Mm-hmm. That's going to slow you down. In fact, that's going to cost diesel. Is it not? Tell me. I mean, a little bit, yeah. But a if little you're, bit. You know, if you're an efficient excavator operator, I think you can. I think you can do that pretty easily. Okay. Also, the topsoil is not very thick here, so you're not actually moving that much material. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's the next. Because the kind of topsoil we have isn't exactly the world's greatest topsoil. I mean, we don't have garden soil we're starting off with. It does go down. The, the organic matter layer does go down at least two feet right in that area. The, the soil is very different colored in the top two feet than it is three feet down. Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about moving, you know, as many as five or six feet deep of soil... It, it makes sense to me okay. to separate it. I'm going to guess that for a lot of what you're about to build, you're probably not going to dig deeper than two to three feet. So we're talking about more than 50% of the soil that you're working with is already topsoil. And of course, every time you dig, you lose 30% of your organic matter. And I kind of feel like this particular topsoil is not a really rich topsoil. Right. So uh, anyway, uh, what I'm... Uh, what I'm going to suggest is that we don't worry about the topsoil as we build this hugu culture for, for a variety of reasons. <clears throat> can, can we do this? Um, while we make the layers, um, like for instance, we're currently making inoculant um, and um, compost tea. So we could take up, every day, we could take up a bucket or two of compost tea and pour it on the wood that we're about to cover for each layer. So, like, I imagine each layer made up of large-sized logs with brush it to fill the gaps and then soil to fill it. And then that way we have the inoculant already inside 
our Yugo, and we don't have to drill the, the holes you mentioned. This conversation is wonderful, and I have a solution for everybody. Welcome to Wheaton Labs. What am I going to say next? Oh, come on. We're going to do experiments. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, Jennifer's like, ah, oh, shit, we're going to do more experiments? No, I'm excited Fuck, about we don't do enough. We got, like, what, five different Hugel culture beds we're about to build? We yeah. could have five different kinds of, and so we could do it the, whatever Josiah thinks is the best way, whatever Fred thinks is the best way. We could Perfect. label them. We could document it. We could, like, who who is the champion Hugel culture builder? Let's find out. And here's Paul's. That. Let's make sure to fuck with that one. If he wants to pee on his, he has to come up there and pee on his. So I'm going to pretty much guarantee that we are not going to be able to put a piece of wood into this hugel that does not already have fungal spores on it. Right. True. So if it's in the ground, it is going to break down. We couldn't stop it. Um, oh, okay. So what I've drawn on the screen here is something <laughs> of... Uh, out of scale because the top should be much bigger but this is what Paul's idea is you take uh, below grade and you pile it above the grade but when you do that then there's little woody bits here and then there's all of this which has no woody bits but if we're doing what Josiah is talking about then there's woody bits all through the entire that's a good point it does increase the the amount of wood in the interior. Water retention and and water both water retention and um, in the end more uh, fertile soil right off the within the first five years. Where did the dirt come from? So well, it, that's what he's talking about hollowing out, like so, in the original drawing. So instead yeah. of in, so he would actually make a huge scoop. See, so in Fred's left side, okay. leftmost version, you can see uh, Josiah's idea is to take that that huge scoop all the way out so there's nothing there uh yeah yeah see that little so this would be the new ground level yes right and then i didn't draw it at the same as this is the new ground level because the dirt's already been removed so in this one then basically you're going to dig all that aside and you're going to start building from this lower point yes Okay, that sounds to me like more diesel. Oh, it is, it is. But it, uh, do we also agree that that's also more biomass and, oh, right, and yeah. more water retention? I, I think, I think everything. But here's the other thing too: is that with this system here, weren't we just? Oh, right. I wanted. I was looking for the green pen. And I was going to draw on that screen. Where's the green pen? But it's like, uh, weren't we just talking about how uh, the the first two feet is uh, rich soil, or is uh, not rich soil, but it's uh, uh, topsoil. So then, wouldn't this all be a bunch of or have a lot of organic matter in it already? But like you said, the topsoil is um, very yeah. poor here. I know, but I was going with your description for your design, <laughs> and I'm shooting holes in your design. So what does topsoil have? Like two percent organic matter in this right. in this case? Right. I think I think uh, I would say I mean a good gardening soil is going to have more than ten percent organic matter. Good, really great right, gardening soil, but but. I think that uh, most most farming and what we have here is probably going to be closer to two percent, maybe even like less than two yeah. percent organic matter. So this isn't like awesome. It's, and and in fact, when I the last time I was up there, I was kind of thinking like a lot of that. I'm not going to use the word soil. A lot of the dirt right there looked like it had 
less less than one percent organic matter. Like it looked right. like, boy, you could build things out of that because nothing's going to grow in that. So right. if we have so if we have five Yugo cultures, uh, can you bring up the screen where the the base map is there? So if we have five Yugo cultures, why don't we pick? Uh, since, since I'm all about trying to get things up and running, um, why don't we pick those five that we want to do? And say, hey, we're going to do uh, number one, Paul's way, number two, Josiah's way, or number three, Jen's way. And I don't need to have a say in there but because uh, I'm interested. But uh, we, So maybe a fourth one or fifth one could be Fred's way, you know what I mean? Um, I already have an acre to play with. So the, um, But can we pick uh, the, the shape and design and so we can get started on them, like tomorrow or today? <laughs> I, I like the idea of the experimentation. I um, <clears throat> I do feel pretty strongly that um, uh, when we do it the way that uh, Josiah is talking about, where you're going to dig up a whole lot of dirt first and then start laying your wood down so that way you have double the wood or maybe even triple the wood because the base is going to be wider, then um, I, I feel like that's going to be a, a lot more diesel and more time. But... In this scenario, it's mutualistic because we already are going to need to do more digging somewhere else. If we don't do it right here, we're going to need to do it somewhere else to provide subsoil for building these hugocultures, which true. have to be built at you know the existing ground level. Right. So you're, and what are you I'm saying? Not. What are you saying? Because they're on the saying, mass. He's saying, no, I know that. Yeah. But oh, we're just set some of it aside for these other Hugos. Oh, so you're saying right. like, let's dig this down. Right. And in general, let's let's hollow it out. Let's lower that existing ground level while um, moving a bunch of that uh, dirt off right. to the sides, you so know. that way it can be used for Hugo cultures that are going to go on top of the mass. Right. Yes. And then you have yours, your solution. Apollo's solution will be on the south side, more south side, where you actually put the on top of the already existing uh, topsoil. Right, where the mass and is. And then Josiah gets to see what happens south on the, the abbey. The abbey. South side of the abbey, south side-ish. The, we're, the we're, mass. He's yeah, talking we're, about the ones in the mass. So we're talking we're not digging down in the mass, though. We understand that. That's why we're saying the soil that Josiah has chosen, to, if we do it, Josiah, <coughs> that extra soil that we set aside will go on the south side for those berms there, the like Yugo culture beds that we have not yet done. Right, but you just said that Paul's version would be on the south side. That's exactly what I mean. You know, Josiah's side would scoop out all the It'd soil. It would be my way both ways. Yeah. Right, <laughs> because Paul would dig down. Because we're yeah. not digging down into the mass. Uh, However, we are there wouldn't be any like Paul suggesting. So there's lots of lots more spaces where... Or, right. or to save diesel, we could choose a small Yugo for Josiah's method instead of the large Yugo, and then it wouldn't be so much right. diesel. All right. I think, I think that the, the thing that is important to me is that we're, we've got the real beautiful view out the window of, like, this is the, the, to be the ultimate gardener's home. And so when you look at the front window, you see five times more jungle than before. And that's a big one that I really like. Then there's the whole idea of the stone path along the top edge and an easy path to walk up there for it. And it seems like I've gotten buy-in for that. So I feel totally. I feel really good about that. The next thing is, is that <clears throat> I'm kind of thinking about like um, doing it quickly. Because the other thing is, is that if we do it faster, if we find a faster path, which is like the one that I'm, 
I believe, is the one I'm suggesting because I'm saying don't dig it all the way down then start building back up with wood from the bottom, which, granted, has more wood in it, but it costs more diesel and more hours on the equipment. And the thing is, is that our piece of equipment, you may have noticed, a little on the elderly side. And so it's like every so many hours it breaks down and it sometimes takes us a month or two or even five until we can get it operating again. So every hour we run it is like Russian roulette. And so I'm kind of thinking like if you want to get this done and done fast and move on to other projects, I kind of feel like what I'm suggesting might be the fastest way. Like it might have one third of the digging time and one third of the diesel. And as people that are like, you know, let's minimize our use of diesel, I think that this is kind of an important thing. So <clears throat> I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't turn up a good, turn down a good experiment. And so it's like, okay, so there's experiments on the line. Oh, now I have to do the experiments. I can't stop myself. So it's like, okay, there's there's that. At the same time, I, I do kind of feel like there's a lot to be said for, okay, we got five different beds. One of them used about a third of the diesel and a third of the time, etc. Mm -hmm. And then the last two we couldn't finish because the equipment broke down. Mm -hmm. And it's taken us a long time to fix that. And so I, I kind of feel like... That's an important gamble to keep in mind here for all of this. And then the other thing is we got a lot more to build. Now, as far as the Hugel cultures on the south side um, and that we can't dig down for those, absolutely correct. And it's like, all right, so where's that material coming from? And I'm kind of thinking uh, probably the tractor and the dump trailer are going to bring something from somewhere. That was what I was thinking, which the tractor and the dump trailer use a lot less diesel than the excavator. The excavator will move things really, really fast, but it's like if we're going to, it would have to come from very close by. And you're kind of saying like, well, right there is, is close by. But I'm still thinking like in order to do it, you're going to have to piggyback it, which then uses more time on the excavator and more diesel. Do you know what I'm? Do you understand what I'm saying when I say piggyback? Yeah. Josiah does. Yeah. All right. Who wants to explain it to the pod people? So piggyback is going to be like you're going to move your excavator and you're going to dig a hole and you're going to dump it behind you. Then you're going to move your excavator to be like 35 feet away, so you can use that dirt to pile it where you really want it. And so it's like so you you basically had to to dig it and dump it twice instead of once. That's piggybacking. Not very efficient. Uses a lot of diesel. Uses a lot of excavator hours. So I'm kind of thinking like maybe we should be thinking of ways to minimize excavator time. And where can we replace excavator time with tractor and um, dump trailer? And this is this is. So I'm thinking like if if we do tractor and dump trailer, we can go almost anywhere, including some places where there's like topsoil that we're okay with taking getting rid of right now. And um, one thing I want to point out is it's going to be really hard to turn around the dump trailer with Rex in position to build those hugels on the south side of the mass. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll have to walk Rex out of the way every time we want to turn the trailer around. I would think that you're going to bring in like five loads and then fire up Rex to start building things. But okay, yeah, okay. you know, but uh, that's another conversation for another day. 
So, I think what I've done is I've kind of poopied on a lot of the ideas here, uh, but it's, but I think now that I've, I've, I mean, that's part of the reason why we're doing this on paper instead of doing right. it in person is we can, we can sort this stuff out. But, I mean, I'd, I'd appreciate some feedback that, like, the thing about the diesel, am I, am I right about the thing, about the diesel and the hours? I, I think it entirely depends on who you have operating it. Um, Lately, I've just been like really like you know if I if I had done this three four months ago, I would say 100%. But if late like when I operated it um, last week, it was like man that only took me 15 minutes, and I built a road and I made a pile of topsoil over here, and it's you know it's ready for the next spot. Um, and I think that if you you know if you do it strategically. Any any time that you're strategically using the equipment, you're going to have a major gain in, in efficiency of fuel. Um, and so it's like, you know, if we look at the screen and it's, if you come over here with the excavator and you build these guys and you stage the dirt behind you and then you back it up and you build these guys using this dirt and you stage the dirt behind you and then you back it up and you build these guys staging the dirt behind you then it's right there to just go on to the next one if that makes sense yeah and i i think that could be done very efficiently um but you know if we were to come in and and just try and sort of like build them scattershot or just like if we didn't actually have a plan for how they were going to be installed then I think that you would end up wasting a lot of diesel I'm not sure I'm down to like time uh, <laughs> you know time the excavator on different things because that's a really valuable thing to know it's like if it actually saves half the diesel that that is like a hands down do that every time unless you really need that hugel to be lush you know well right. i think what? that's the other thing that i mean like what would save even more diesel is not building hugel cultures at all <laughs> but if we want to garden i mean i think say you use a third of the diesel and you also get a third of the gardening growing in subsoil versus topsoil for instance or growing in soil with less wood in it and less water retention I I mean, is that trade-off worth it? Yeah. All right. So I, I just want to say, so I, I think it's important to point out that Josiah has, has recognized within himself that with experience in driving the excavator, he's he's like getting the same jobs done with, I believe he said, half, like half the hours, half the diesel. Even less. Even less. It's amazing. I mean, like, I used to be able, you know, it used to take me a couple tries to get a good scoop, right? Yeah. And now it's, you know, it's like I don't even have to think about it. I, I, I feel like I need you to spend an hour with somebody that's been driving an excavator for 20 years. Yeah. And, and like, just watch them. Right. And you'll realize that with your new skills and you're so amazing that you've got a lot, like, like, between you and him, like, that, you and the expert, you and the pro. Oh, yeah. They're going to do it four times faster than you right. now. Yeah. And and it's like so, so let's let's cuz so we now that I've said that um and I think I'm a so so Fred you've seen Josiah drive an Not excavator. Recently. Not recently. Okay. For the last time you saw Josiah drive an excavator and the last time you saw me drive an excavator and there's a job to do, am I going to do it faster than Josiah? 
Probably, but I usually when you're driving the excavator, I'm not watching. Well, that's because I just you know what to do. We're, when Josiah was using the excavator last, I saw him. He was learning, and that's so I watched him. I think I think I am a thoroughly mediocre excavator right. driver. And I'm not saying that I'm hot shit. And, you know, and like standing next to you, I'm hot shit. Right. I'm, sure, I'm sure it's true. So what? So, so what? I, that's my point. Okay. This little small Yugo culture and did it his way. And that, that well, way, he at least he gets one and he gets. Uh, here's just, no, no. I, I'm, I'm gonna, so right. I'm gonna now, now let's set that let's set that aside. Who's driving? Let's set that aside. Let's say it's the same person driving for the whole thing. Now it's a matter of like, okay, how we design this at this time could potentially save diesel. Let's just say diesel. We know that it's also going to pan out to hours on the excavator. The whole Russian roulette thing. Right. So, like, let's just call it straight ass diesel. So, <clears throat> um, and then it's kind of like, okay, is there a way to get a seven foot tall Hugo culture bed using one third the diesel? Maybe even one quarter of the diesel. And I think that m- the approach that I'm suggesting is in that area, one-third to one-quarter of the diesel to build it. Now, Jennifer, you make a really good point. Like, you know, why do we maybe, how about a way that uses no diesel whatsoever? And it's like, when the excavator breaks down, we totally explore those options. Well, that wasn't really my point. My point was maybe we should use more diesel to build a better hugel, if it is a better hugel, in order to get more gardening, since gardening is the end goal. So, I kind of feel like... Our end goal is is that we want to get something planted because because right now we don't have it mm-hmm. and then it's like okay okay like let's let's say that we like we don't know a number but there is a number right there's a certain amount of hugel culture beds we can build before the excavator breaks down right. then there's a whole bunch of unknowns but you know what we got to make decisions so let's say that we have four hours of excavator time to go before it breaks down and when it does it'll be for two months none of this is real i'm making shit up but it's like this is these numbers are not unreasonable in fact if we're going to do an office pool that's where my dollar goes (laughs) we've got four hours to go before a two-month breakdown all right i don't think that's unreasonable based on what i've seen of the excavator right okay now Fred's got a thing he's itching to say. Yeah, I've been wanting to say this for a while. So uh, this slope is not uniform. And um, so it's not like we can do an experiment where each of these is one way or the other. The other thing is to make your kind of Hugo culture where you're taking the dirt from the sides and piling it on to the bed pretty much has to be done from the end. Yeah. Like, um, to make this zigzaggy shape and do that is going to be using a lot more diesel if this isn't a straight line from where your arm of the bucket is coming and going from. Right. Yeah. And we so, need to so if we're going to, if we're going to do your kind of culture, these are going to have to be straight lines coming down the slope. Unless you want to use a lot more diesel, which is kind of... No, no, no. You get rid of your... Excellent points. Excellent points. Excellent points. And so I I think that the design that we come up with should be something like, let's design as if we only get to use 
four hours of the excavator. Now, some people might be listening to this podcast and thinking like, well, I'll just dig it by hand. It's not a problem. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, heck no. And I think that's by somebody who hasn't tried to build one of these by hand. And it's like, man, it sure is sweet having the excavator because it's like it goes, I'm going to guess 50 times faster, maybe even 80 times faster. Yeah. Maybe 100 times faster. A lifetime faster. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you're out there with a shovel, and it's like, about an hour into it, you're like, fuck this noise. (laughs) This is, this is grunt work for the sake of grunt work. Who the hell came up with this idea? Who broke the excavator? I gotta go piss in his shoes. I actually, I actually did that. I, I. (laughs) You pissed in somebody's shoes? I didn't break the, I didn't break the excavator. I I missed a little, here, I'm just gonna piss in the shoes. (laughs) I missed a little spot when I was regrading the pond a few days ago, and then I was like, no worries, I'll go back with the shovel and, you know, hit that. Because I, I just couldn't reach it from from any good position, and so I just, you know, left it go. And then I went back with the shovel, and it was like half an hour with the shovel, and I was like, oh, man, I think this is good enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there are tasks where it's like, it's stupid to run the excavator, shut the thing off, and go out there with the shovel. And I've right. seen people with an excavator running, and it's, and you know how you can kind of, like, adjust the speed of the engine? And right. they got it going full blast. And they're over there, like, like just nudging a little bits of dirt, you know? Like, I'm going to make this so pretty. Just tickling gonna, it. Yeah, yeah. Just, and I'm thinking, um, like... that rock, I'm going to move that. I think, <laughs> shut it down, man. Get out there with a shovel. I mean, or you can... Tractor. Or tractor. Yeah, yeah, we've got other tools. And so... But the... I mean, we, it is a 14-ton excavator, mm-hmm. and the bucket holds a ton for every scoop. And so that's 2,000 pounds. And if you think a shovel load might have 10 pounds... Yeah. That's 200 scoops with a shovel. <laughs> We've done a lot of things with shovels this year. Like, the excavator is definitely better. No no argument. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I, I believe that my whole thing about, okay, the excavator will die in four hours. What's your strategy now? Mm-hmm. I think my strategy is now best. <laughs> and I'm the one paying for the fucking diesel. <laughs> sure. So, right. I mean... I mean, is this fair? I mean, is it? So we're not going to do any regrading. I, I I think it's okay to do like maybe one experiment to prove whatever, and hopefully people will well, pee on them all evenly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about you know build. I'm not. It sounds like you've decided that the bottom half, the bottom three feet, are just going to be soil. Um, yeah. Because that saves on excavator hours. But then what I'm what I'm asking about is like. This whole area here, um, we're not going to regrade it at all. So this this drawing that we've gone through, it's just basically going to be where you dig down like this. That's the end result of the of the slope is just going to be like that. Okay. Because uh, it would take. I, I was thinking. I was thinking the purple one because you're going to dig down to get where the purple one is to build up the hugelkultur bed above. So this, and then you're going to have it being a gentle slope down here and a steeper slope up here, just because you're going to put some steps in, and then this <laughs> is going to go up higher probably, and so then it's going to be like I a place. Think in order to in order to have the the finished slope at this this line mm-hmm. 
that we need to haul <laughs> some of that material out rather like because this is the existing line and so if we come in and we build yoga cultures it's going to end up more like this yeah. <laughs> does that make sense I I kind of you know what? At this point in time, I think it might be good. It's not helping, just I. <laughs> you don't like my drawings? There are way too many lines. Okay. <laughs> I I think that um, I want the blue line to go have a little bit more upslope to it, to have a little bit more upslope like this, mm-hmm. um, and then um, the purple line is going to be like let's say the purple line is a goal, and the higher blue line is a goal, mm-hmm. and then you get out there and start digging and do one. And see how it turned out. Sure. Okay. Because I think I think we'll say that these are goals, and then we'll see how close we can get to the goal that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. But I also think like let's not because if you're because you're going to dig the farthest one away first, and then you're going to work your way backward, right? Mm-hmm. Now Fred's point was a good one, and that is like okay, are you going to um, dig it in such a way that you're digging and dropping and digging and dropping? Because you're parked the excavator perpendicular to the hugel culture beds, or are you like moving the excavator much closer to Allerton Abbey, and then you're going to do them in parallel? So then you're going to so now it's like <clears throat> in this particular case, like I've moved the excavator over here. I want to build a hugel culture here, and so I dig here and place here, and dig here and place here. Right. You know. Or am I moving the excavator over this way, and I'm digging over here to place here, and digging over here to place here? You know, and so that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be a choice of the driver mm-hmm. on how to build it. But I also agree with Fred that it's like, if these lines are straight, it's going to be easier and faster to build in general. So what can we do to have a little bit of curve to our shapes, a little bit of an organic shape to it, and at the same time make it so that we can optimize the amount of time it takes to do this, which turns in time as diesel. Mm-hmm. So I think that on these hookah cultures, the shape is probably not as important as they are on, say, the southern side mass. So, like, before we start working on this, do we need to get an actual shape nailed down, or are we cool to just go build something vaguely straight, vaguely curvy, whatever? I think I think vaguely, vaguely, vaguely cool. sounds perfect. Um, and I mean, <laughs> my guess is is that Josiah will be doing the driving because I don't think we've had we found anybody else who's. You know, got because we do occasionally get somebody who shows up and they just seem to have a natural ability, whether it's because they played video games for ages or who knows what, but they have an act like for some reason they just get it and they do they do really well. But I think that out of all of us, out of all the people that will be up there on that particular day, Josiah is going to be the one driving. Does that sound accurate? Not it. Yeah, yeah, definitely not Jennifer. <laughs> I know Fred's not big on driving it. He'll do it when needed, but yeah, you know. Know. And then uh, we got uh, Orin and Dustin. Anybody's like, ooh, ooh, me, pick me, pick me, 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 me. I want to learn how to use it, but I'm going to take up that four hours pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> did you, I mean, everybody gets a chance to drive it and do three scoops. Have you gotten your three scoops? I did, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, and how, fun. Orin hasn't yet. So. Orin hasn't done his three scoops yet. I'm, 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 I'm interested in making sure that Jennifer and Joseph I have a garden this year. We so, appreciate that. So what I really want to do is make sure that these five Yugo get built. I'll get my three scoops in after we get <laughs> that area fenced off and they have a garden planted. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. 
So, um, uh, are we okay with the idea of like, you know, figuring out the shape of this while we're up there? I mean, we've drawn this so many times that we understand the value of having non-linear shapes, so like curve. Um, it has got great value. And at the same time, the linear, as Fred pointed out, is probably faster. So we want to try and find that, that perfect space in between the two. Right. Um, good luck. <laughs> we'll wait here. I'll wait here. <laughs> uh, it, all right. So. We can do this tomorrow then. <laughs> I, well, how about this? I want to. I have proposed the idea that if we've got only four hours of excavator time, I have proposed that what that the technique that I've outlined is probably going to give us more garden, more hugu culture done in that four hours. Does that seem reasonable? I still think yes, that does seem reasonable. However, I think like one hugu culture that's three times as good might be just as great, if not better, than three hugu cultures that are one third as good. But we don't really know it, what those metrics nice are. Do one. Like I think gardening on subsoil probably is at least only one third as good as gardening in topsoil. But like this is shitty topsoil. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Let me address that. Yeah. Um, uh, when we're talking about permaculture, I see so many permaculture designs that have no earthworks whatsoever. Right. And then I see a lot of people where it's like they've already done a whole bunch of gardening and permaculture stuff. They've got all the perennials in place, and it's all flat. And it's like, now we're going to do our earthworks. Right. So, of course, my the thing I push over and over and over again is do your earthworks first. Totally and, agreed. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm kind of feeling like there's balance in here. Yeah. And so part of it is is like, I mean, let's suppose that all of the earthworks was already done, but everything on the inside, it was just dirt. Right. So when we look down at that berm and the turtle lot, and I want to look specifically at the point where there's that rhubarb and the apple tree and the alfalfa, how's that going? I mean, I think that's doing well, and there is no hoogly bits in there at all. In fact, it's like more than half big-ass rocks in there, and yet... That apple tree and the and the alfalfa and the rhubarb are so happy. And we ate like three calories from them this year. You know, like I'm not disagreeing no, no. with you. Good They're point. totally happy. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Like, yeah. So I'm kind of thinking like, if we uh, 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 there's that whole thing about don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Right. And it's like I kind of feel like. If we can get all the earthworks done in this at Allerton Abbey, and the soil is is shy of optimal, in time we can make the soil down deep magnificent. But it will take time. Right. It's just like, are we going to be intensively gardening it this year, or are we going to be gardening it slowly over the next three years? Right. And like, I want to do both. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I kind of am feeling like it's better to get the earthworks done without any hoogly bits on the inside to just get it done quickly so we can get on to planting it and move forward and then it's like now you can plant all your perennials the earthworks are done you can plant the perennials totally whereas right now there's a lot of stuff you've not planted we can't do anything right now because you got to get the earthworks done first right we're at a standstill but then if it's going to take us you know due to excavator breakdowns if it takes us three years to get the earthworks done there then it's kind of like like, oh man, this is dragging on. Whereas, if we can get it all done in the next 
three weeks and and now you can plant but the soil is not as luscious and beautiful and perfect on the inside right away sure it's like oh man i can deal with that over the next couple of years i'm going to i want to add so much mulch and i'm going to add so much i want to pee on that so much <laughs> and i'm going to you know all the other things and it's like so you know basically be a gardener that's living there right then i mean the 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 most the best fertilizer for any gardener is the gardener's shadow mm-hmm. wait did i say that right the best fertilizer for any garden is the gardener's shadow and it's kind of like so but on the other hand if we don't have a a, a place to plant we don't have a gardener yeah. totally you know yeah. if we just say no no don't garden we're not done with the earthworks yeah so i think there's a lot to be said for getting the earthworks done quickly not only because you're going to save diesel but also because the gardener can start gardening. Fair enough, yeah. All right, so I have hammered my point to the point that uh, most people here are feeling very bruised by that hammer. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I feel comfortable having said my piece. Right. <laughs> I feel comfortable going along with it even if I don't now, 100% agree. <laughs> Josiah, you asked for us to have this yeah. meeting to answer some questions so so you can proceed. Yeah, exactly. Have those questions been answered? Definitely. Okay. 100%. And, and then maybe maybe even more than you wanted. No, it's good. I mean, it's like, you know, if we don't put this in front of you and be like, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, <laughs> then we don't get this kind of answer, you know? So it's great. I, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. So the, 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 the stuff from this table turned out to be good stuff. It was helpful. With, okay, good. I'm happy. Good, good. All right. All right. Anything else, right? Right now, I mean, I kind of feel like this is, I far prefer an iterative approach to permaculture design. And so I kind of feel like the thing to do is go make something shitty. And and then a month from now, we'll do this again. And we'll talk about how to improve upon that. I mean, that's, I think that's the best kind of design. Because the other thing is, you're going to get in there and you're going to start digging. And you're going to say, oh, 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 I came up with a cool thing, you know. And something that'll make it so we use half as much diesel again. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, which we didn't think of sitting at this table. I think that's the best permaculture stuff that is oftentimes not embraced in most PDCs. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I kind of get the look around the table of like everybody's ready to, to go do it. Yeah. And we're done. And it's like, if you like this sort of thing, then you'll come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about permaculture design and, you know, homesteading and permaculture all, all the time. time. <laughs> Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. 